We've got a big podcast for you this week. We have Jason Willow and Donegal Fergus together on the same podcast talking gaucho baseball. And because it's a big podcast, we got big sponsors for it as well. Kyle's Kitchen, longtime sponsors of the pod. Check them out in Goleta and Santa Barbara. Try the crispy chicken sandwich. Try the great burgers, the great fries, and the great salads. Get yourself an adult beverage. We want to thank Kyle's Kitchen for their continued support. We also want to thank Home Office Interiors for providing the furniture in the MLB and Hammerhead rooms, the coach's office, the batting cage, and the Graham Clubhouse at Caesar Wasaga Stadium. Great supporters of Gaucho Baseball at Home Office Interiors. Also, a guy with a truck junk removal, call 805-689-1413. If you've got an old couch, a dead fridge, a bunch of junk in the attic or in your closet, clear it out, stick it on the sidewalk, stick it in your garage, call a guy with a truck junk removal. He'll pick it up and take it away at a fair price. He is locally owned and insured in Santa Barbara and Ventura counties. And also, SB Baseball Data, Gaucho Analytics, they do such great work. Spencer Stewart, Sean Isaac, Maxine Wang, you heard those two, Sean and Stu, last a uh, couple weeks ago on the pod. They're uh, doing great work with all the, the great tools that we have at UCSB. So thank you to uh, UCSB Analytics for their uh, their great work. And check them out on Twitter, SB Baseball Data. So I said a big podcast with Donegal and Jason Willow. And we also have some big news to announce that the Gosh and I podcast in their 50 plus episodes, our 50 plus episodes, we have surpassed 10,000 downloads. 10,000. I, I can't tell you how stoked I am. To see that number, I got an email and an, uh, and like an award badge that you get uh, from the subscription service that we use with a little metal. I know it's in the email, but I was pretty excited. 10,000 downloads. We started this in May of 2020, and we're still going strong here in the fall of 2021, approaching 2022. So thank you to all the listeners Thank you to all the sponsors, all of the guests that we have had on this podcast. Uh, it has been so much fun. It has been so rewarding. And that number is just uh, an indication of, of how well this has gone and and where we're going. So 10,000 downloads, downloads. See, I'm so excited. I can't even talk. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's, it's been great. Really cool to reach that number. So 10,000, uh, I wanted to get that out there. All right. So coach Fergus and Jason Willow, we will hear from them in a moment. I do want to run through some of the pro ball stuff as well before we get started, because there were a number of ex gauchos who had outstanding seasons this year in professional baseball. And I picked out six guys who've been playing in the minor leagues who stood out, and then we'll have a few honorable mentions after that. And so the first guy is uh, Armani Smith, 
who finished the season in high A West with the Eugene Emeralds. He won the high A West championship with the Emeralds in 317 at-bats. He had a 290 average. He had 12 home runs, 59 RBIs, and he had an 830 OPS. A sensational season for Armani swinging the bat. Second up, Dalton Kelly. He was a 38th round pick back in... 2013 and he's still going strong he's played the entire year in triple a with the durham bulls there was a time where we thought he might get called up to the rays but in 377 plate appearances 27 home runs for dalton 74 rbis and his ops was 862 and the durham bulls they were the final stretch tournament winners out there in triple a Ben Brecht pitched for the Charleston River Dogs in low A East, and they also won the low A East champions. So championship. So that's that's two champions, and then the final stretch tournament winners uh, already. But uh, and for Ben, three point two three ERA in nineteen games this summer, seventy five and a third innings pitched. He had a .96 WHIP. Uh, he was doing great things pitching in single A. Peter Maris who last uh, the last time they played a full AAA season, he won the AAA National Championship with the Sacramento River Cats. He was there once again this summer in uh, 180 at-bats, nine home runs, 30 RBIs. He hit 283, and he had an 837 OPS. So uh, Petey going strong, hoping he gets uh, a sniff uh, at the big leagues coming up uh, within the next year. Hopefully he deserves it. So does Dalton. Okay, Cole Cummings. And Cole was undrafted this last year, signed as a free agent with the Padres, and he wound up having a fantastic summer in low A for the Lake Elsinore Storm. Storm, he had uh, 103 at-bats, five home runs, 31 RBIs. He had 311, slug 426, good for a 990 OPS. So good job, Cole Cummings. You'll... uh, his name was dropped uh, in the interview with, with Ferg and Willow uh, coming up later. And then uh, Noah Davis, who was traded midsummer from the Reds to the Rockies. He finished the year pitching high A for the Spokane Indians. He had a 3.6 ERA in 19 starts, 100 innings pitched, 106 strikeouts, 1.19 whip. And Noah, he's a big analytics guy. He loves flashing the numbers if you see uh, the stuff that he puts up on his Instagram posts. Uh, but Noah Davis doing well now pitching for the Rockies. So those are the, 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 the six that I wanted to shout out. Now a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, Andrew Vasquez, former Gaucho, set the freshman strikeout record back in 2012. Uh, he made his return to the big leagues. He made an appearance or his debut at the Twins a couple years ago. He was traded at the end of the year, I think in September, to the Dodgers, and they brought him up to pitch in one of the late season series against the Giants in San Francisco and made an appearance in a tie game in extra innings uh, against the Giants uh, down the stretch. That was pretty cool to see uh, Skeezer uh, up in the big leagues. Dylan Tate. Spent the entire year pitching with the Orioles. He led Baltimore in appearances 
pitching out of the bullpen. Uh, unfortunately, Baltimore, they had a, a crummy season, but a, a great experience for Dylan. We heard him talk about the upcoming season uh, before the season started, and uh, he was anticipating something like seeing a lot of action this year, and he sure did, and hopefully that earns him uh, some more innings uh, and maybe a contract uh, moving forward with Baltimore. Clay Fisher and McLean O'Connor, they were teammates in the Pioneer League, and they won the Pioneer League championship with the Missoula Paddleheads, and both of them had outstanding seasons offensively uh, swinging the bats. Uh, Clay, he was up there amongst the league leaders in batting average, slugging OPS, home runs, RBIs, hits. He just absolutely balled out in uh, in the Pioneer League. So, uh, big shout-out to all 31 Gauchos, 31, I'll give or take, playing in professional baseball. Uh, we talked about the fraternity of players coming back year after year to UCSB to train in the offseason in the interview with, with Ferg and Willow. So you hear about that coming up. But we we wanted to, to acknowledge all of those guys who continue to wear the colors and wear the badge of honor of being a gaucho, and they're, they're doing great things um, in the professional ranks. And there's a, a crop of new guys who got introduced this year, and we hope to introduce a, a new crop uh, in the upcoming years. Um, so, yeah, there's your rundown. A uh, little update of the uh, the professional guys. All right, it's time for Jason Willow and Donald Fergus. Buckle up. This one was uh, this one was a hoot. It was highly anticipated. That practice, Jason, like every day, it was like, "I'm ready, I'm ready, let's go." I'm super fired up for this. Uh, so uh, we finally made it happen, and uh, and here it is. So let's get to it. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America. The Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitching. Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He's at the track. He's at the wall. He leaps at the wall, and this one is out of here. Christian Curley. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? John Newman. Wins it for the Gauchos. In the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 Champions of the Alright, welcome to this episode of the Gaucho Night Podcast. I am Kevin Cannon, and I'm joined by a pair of, well, one's a Gaucho and one is a Gaucho coach. First time I've done this. First time we've done this on the pod where we have like an actual coach or like uh like we had checks jump on in the first one with uh, an actual coach. Checks like is an actual shot. coach. I'm it's saying like, shot right like, away, like like an actual coach like in the conversation to start. Cuz we had we had Bieber, Tate and Hockamay on the first one and checks called in in the middle of it. And then you know for oh, ten right. minutes, and then jumped out. So this classic is the first time check. where we've had where we've had a uh, <laughs> yes, classic checks. <laughs> this is the first time where we've had a player, current player, and, and a coach on the pod at the same time in the same conversation. That's what I'm trying to say. So yeah. we've got uh, Jason Willow and Donald Fergus. Jason, I'm looking over your career stats. 
Yeah. Right here. In <laughs> in four years. In four years, you've played 161 games. I got someone was so saying to me the other day that I might I might be close for the record. Of games played? Yeah. That's interesting. I'll I'll have to look at that. Maybe I'll I'll look at that when we when you guys are in a deep dive and I've got some time to do some research. You know, I don't have an assistant, but because you have 161 games played, that's almost a full Major League Baseball season. 137 hits, 524 at bats, 25 doubles, four triples, eight homers. Six of those came last year. 84 RBIs, 261 average. Uh, 332 on base, 370 slugging. So, what's your OPS? That's 702. 702 OPS. I'm gonna give you a contract. They're not strong numbers, but they're but they're pretty good. Yeah, you know, career wise. We're coming. (laughs) Breakout time. There you go. Well, last year was definitely your breakout season. Played 60 games, 200 ABs, six homers, 45 RBIs. You were a staple in that lineup last year, and you're back for your fifth year. And th- this was kind of the the motivation to get you two guys on this podcast because Donegal was – we got some great, great reviews from your interview from about a month ago, Donegal, and you suggested it on the podcast or at least after when we were chit-chatting. And Jason, a fifth year senior, so you've you've seen it all pretty much, yeah, I've except for been here longer than Donegal. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> second longest tenured staff member, Jason Willow. Actually, though, <laughs> but how many how many wins are well? Well, Donegal has the forty five wins from twenty nineteen. Sure, we don't we you can't tack on the wins from twenty or last year, so. Oh. Jason's probably one more games than you have, but the point being is that Jason's been here for five years and Donegal, you coached him in 19 and you're now coaching him again. Yeah. And we want to have some fun with this because like I said, Jason has been through a lot. He's, he's seen the, the ups and the downs over the last four or five years and they've been great years uh, over the last three uh, starting with 2019 when Donegal was here when the Gauchos won the Big West Championship. So we just want to do a deep dive into coach-player dynamic and how Jason's grown from being that scrawny Canadian showing up in 2017, fall of 2017, yep. to now where you're a, you're a grown man. So. Yep. I guess the, the, the first thing I want to start off with is like how could you compare yourself now to where you were when you got here, Jason, back in fall of 2017? Well, a little more mature. Uh, it's tough. I mean, it's a long time ago now. And even like looking back on that first year that I, I was here, like five years ago now, like it's like, it's tough to remember some things and especially too, cause I mean, being here five years, there's like so much of a culture change and, and so much has changed. And that one year was kind of a standout because one, we, we did terrible. We lost, we were a bad team. And then two, it was just, you know, different coaches, different, you know, culture around everything we do. So, I mean, it was a little tough to, to remember, but overall, I don't know, just, you know, knowing things better, 
practice has gotten a lot easier. Playing's gotten a lot easier. You just learn things, you know, day in, day out. So you're saying the game has slowed down for you is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like every, practice has been easier. Yeah, you can see it right now in practice. We've got some freshmen who whenever we're doing something, it's just, you know, their head's spinning. Oh, and you poor Trim. I mean, we, we did all defensive stuff today, and poor Trim is just like, he's swimming around, just smiling because, you he, he know, it's like, he just, he's just going to ask Mosby for the answer. Soon. Exactly. Soon as somebody calls but I mean, out. everyone was there at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like you say that, but it's like, I mean, it's tough. I was there. I remember I was freaking out all the time when I was, you know, a freshman doing team defense and stuff like that, but it just comes easier and easier. I said, I said it to the group the other day uh, to sprinkle and vote two of our better players now, obviously. And I said, do you guys remember how scared you were your fall of your freshman year? You couldn't even play in the scrimmages because you didn't know the signs. You were so, so worried about it. And, and that's, that's what happens to everybody. That's, that's just part of the, the process to, to go through. And you have to, you have to learn that way. And, and, I'll I'll say this for for Willow. I mean, he's done an incredible job already of just sort of nonstop keeping them those freshmen going. And and you know today we we did a, we did a bunch of defensive stuff. And there were at least two or three times when I was about to yell across at somebody, and I Willow beat me to it. He'd already grabbed the guy and said, "I I, I got him. I'll I'll tell him what he needs to know." And that's the cool part about seeing somebody be here for so long. I mean, Willow and 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 KJ could, could run practice for us, no problem, because they, they know exactly what we're trying to do now, and they know all the button defenses better than than, uh, than certainly I do. Well, it's, it's so funny from my perspective, as a as not a coach and not a player, when I look at the, the collection of players that we have, sometimes it's hard to differentiate physically who is a freshman and who is a senior, or who is in between, because we've done such a great job at at recruiting and getting good players here, I have to remind myself, like, yeah, Xander Darby, Justin Trimble, Matt Ager, like, these are fully grown men that are out there playing, but they are also first-year players. They are <laughs> freshmen, and they are taller than me, bigger than me, throw harder than I ever did, and hit the ball farther than I ever did. And so sometimes it's hard for me to differentiate their skills on the the intangible stuff, the stuff that the coaches have to teach and that they learn along the way, where it's how they carry themselves in practice and in scrimmages and in the weight room and stuff. Just because all I'm seeing when I'm running around doing my field stuff is how they look physically, but they fit in physically. But like, what's the challenge to ease them in to the speed of practice at the division one level and all the stuff that we're trying to do with the analytics and learning the team stuff and the signs like how is ferg's role compared to jason's role like i guess ferg my question for you is do you try and school jason and and teach him how to help out the other guys or do you just let him go and just kind of have that expectation yeah not really i mean I, what am i going to tell him he's his personality does it does it for me i don't need to tell him uh, how to talk to another person is that's why he's such a good player. And that's why he's such a good, good teammate because the guys respond to him. If, if he was, you know, if he was a jerk all the time, then I'd have to go, Hey man, I don't know that you want to say it that way to that kid. He's going to, you're going to, you're going to scare him, you know, instead of teach him. But w with, with Will, you don't have to do that. He's just, he's just gonna, he's going to be himself. And I think that's the cool part about a lot of our crew right now 
staff and players included is we talked about this last time, Kevin, just everybody's themselves, you know, and I, I get to be myself and you get to be yourself, Kevin. And, and who's, who, you know, I think you can tell who we are by, by our Spotify playlist that, that we're playing. Like who's in charge, right? <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it TP radio today? Like, okay, Fred's got the, got the ox and, and uh, now we're going reggae today. Oh, oh, Cannon must still have control over it. <laughs> I, I think it goes for everybody. Right. And, 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 and Will's exactly like that. I mean, Jay just, he talks to people and people respond because they know that he, he's trying to help them. And I don't have to say a word to him. And, and that was, that was my point about today at practice is I, I didn't even, I, I didn't even bother after a while. It's like, he's got him. I, I'm not even going to walk over there because he's already told him exactly what I would say. And it means more, I think, when it comes from a fellow player, because that player knows that, that he's been through it before too. And, um, it's a little easier to take, um, from, from that side of things versus a coach yelling at you again. Jason, you got anything to add to that? Is it, uh, is it something that you just do instinctively or is it like, because you've been a gaucho for so long, you, you know what, what needs to be done? Why, and, you, and you obviously care. Like, is there some care involved or is your personality? Like what goes into it to, to, to seeing the other guys and bringing them under your wing? I think it's just both. I mean, you always want to, being in the program for as long as I have, like you just want to pass on the stuff that, you know, older guys like that I've been like fish Tiro, like a bunch of those guys that they've put through me. So, I mean, it's kind of, you don't really notice it earlier in your career and then you get older. And especially now that I'm like older, 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 uh, it's like, it's, it's important to me. Cause I mean, those, I mean, the guys who are coming in now are going to be in, you know, years from now, the guys who are going to be passed on to the guys under that. So, I think it's just important to do that. And then also, yeah, like I, I've been there before. I was that scared freshman who didn't really know what to do. And I mean, although Donald and, and Ertie aren't the scariest guys ever, like it's, it's nice to hear it from a player sometimes. I mean, Ertie's pretty scary. Ertie's terrifying. Yeah. He's terrifying. No way, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> We well, just gotta get him put on his happy face a little bit more. It seems like he's always he's always got that sad face going. Yeah, he was he was being a little sad sack of practice today. <laughs> well, you transitioned from outfield to infield, Jason, and you're still doing a little bit of both. Infield, outfield, or infield, outfield, infield, infield. outfield, and back. Yeah, yeah. You you dropped a fly ball in in a scrimmage last week. Did you lose yeah, I, think that, I think that was the last straw. No, I'm not going to make excuses, but, <laughs> but the, yeah, I don't know. We'll too, see. Much, I, too much, too much pressure defense on the infield. Yeah. Yeah. I got sloppy. He just thinks he's such an elite athlete that he can just get away with stuff. It's like, he's like Mahomes on right now. It's just, he's been getting away with it. And he's got to tighten the screws up. He gets back to his fundamentals and mechanics. Who's going to tighten the screws? Is it going to be Ferg? Is it going to be Ertie? Is it going to be Checks? Who's going to tighten the screws for you, Jason? In the I outfield? Think, I think they're. I think that, that ball tightened it. That yeah. won't happen again. Yeah, I don't know. I think Checks lost some respect for me for that ball. That's not going to happen. I was going to talk to him about it the other day, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you're probably going to have to play a little bit of outfield this year. You have to play a little bit of second base, right? I mean. You, yeah, I don't know. You stepped, in, you stepped in last year when when Castellano was out, and it was like the first game was like, whoa, 
this guy can really play second base. It was unbelievable. Like, have we have we discussed together like second base, Jason? Maybe we did an interview during the season before a game or something, but it just looks totally natural for you. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I mean, I just got tossed into it, and like, like I wasn't thinking too much when I got tossed in last year, and I think that's what helped me. And I, I mean, I told Erdy, I was like, I don't want a lot of reps. Like, I kind of just want to keep doing what I'm doing. Like, I'll just make the play. I don't really care if it looks pretty or not. And it, I mean, and Erdy even this year, like at the start of the year when I came back, he he came up to me. He's like, Hey, you want the same thing this year? Like, just kind of lay back and do your thing, but not too much. And I was like, Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, when I was an infielder before, I felt like I I put almost too much time and too much effort into some stuff and pressured myself into stuff. But I don't know. I, I, I think the mentality I had last year at second, just kind of like make the play, don't really worry about it. And that was, it was kind of helped me. And that's why I think I had so much success there. That's a pretty laid back approach. Yeah. Pretty, pretty laid back. Yeah. Yeah. I'd buy into that. Do you take that same approach to your offense? Uh, I mean, not as much offense is always, I mean, not many guys put more time into defense and offense and it's tough because offense is kind of most guys focus. Um, so it's a little different, but I think seeing, you know, how that approach helped my defense. I mean, it's tough because you always want to be working hard in your offense, but at the same time, I think more, just a little more laid back could help. So who knows? Well, last year you made a swing change. And it was on your finish. You used to have the big left arm finish. And I, th- I think that gave you some uh, some problems physically. Yeah. And then yeah, a surgery, a <laughs> couple cortisones and PRPs later, I I can't do that much anymore. But you started going with the two hand finish. I think that made a big difference for you. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it uh, it took a bit to get used to because you do. I mean, doing one thing your whole life and then you got to change it. It's really tough. And actually, before like. The, the last fall you were here, Ferg, we tried to go two-handed, and it was I was horrendous. Like I don't I don't know how I even got back to it last year. So yeah, you weren't quite ready for it. Oh my <laughs> god, it was terrible. But it was a mess. I, but uh, yeah, I mean I, it worked, and now I'm kind of back in the middle. The shoulders been yeah, good, so that always helps. You got a little bit of both. It's a it's a it's a sampler platter. He does what's needed, which most good hitters do. Like there's some one hand in there, some two hand if needed, and whatever uh whatever it calls for and, and don't think too much about it well for coaching wise finishing with one hand versus finishing with with two hands when do you instruct someone to do one thing versus the other or or vice versa or is it all just a a natural thing for the hitter yeah I mean, you're not going to tell somebody obviously when to do it you're you're going to talk about when it might feel more natural to do it or when it might come in handy or when it might come out. Um, but that, those are things that, that happen uh, as a result of good sequence and good position and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's one of the things that guys, guys always tend to want to fix the things that they can see the easiest. And the, the, the way we start and the way we finish are the two easiest things to see because now all the stuff in the middle has already happened. So it happens so fast, you can't really figure it out. So guys get focused on that far too much. Like, the finish is going to be a product of a, of a good swing uh, and, and a, whatever the necessary movement was. So uh, we try and, you know, and Will knows that by now, like we, we don't worry about that. We don't, we don't say this is a two hand swing or a one hand swing. It's just, what did you need to do in the moment and let your body react accordingly. And 
when you're a good athlete and you've you've practiced a bunch of solutions to to the problem, then uh, they tend to come out the right way. It sounds like my golf swing right now, where I know the good position at the start and I know the good position at the finish, and everything kind of in between is hard to track down right now. So maybe I, I you tried flipping around. <laughs> Flipping around? Yeah. Like oh, left handed? Left, right? I mean, <laughs> like, a, like a switch golfer? You're a switch fungo there. Yeah, you are a switch fungo. You, you should yeah. try that. Well, I, I putt left-handed, and I swing right-handed, so that's – am I already doing it? Or should I, I mean, get left-handed sure. golf clubs? I mean, I could putt left-handed, and I, I, don't, I haven't even played golf in 10 years, <laughs> so I don't know if that really counts. But but just when, when you said that, with the, the two easiest thing to see are the start and the finish – and everything in between, I'm trying to fix what's in between. I'm having a, a, a hard time with it right now. The results have been like where the ball goes is good. I've kind of been fixated on what it looks like. And and some of the ball flight results. Uh, I trust the process there, Kev. So. I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I, I, it's probably it's probably poor uh, pre-round routine would be my guess. That's a bad movement prep. Um, how are we working on the range? It usually goes back to process. Could be. Yeah. It could yeah. be. Or I've, I've been spending too much time at the baseball field, not enough time on the golf course, but that's neither here nor there. Let's see. <laughs> I've got some stuff written down here. Okay. Uh, f- Jason, what's your favorite offensive practice setup? So Ooh. we do a lot of stuff with machines and angles and short toss and coach pitch and – one machine on top of the other, big ones, small ones. Like, what's your favorite offense setup? Because I can tell you, my, I can tell you mine. I can tell you mine. That's for sure. But what's yours? <laughs> what's that, Kev? Just arm. Roll the platform out there. Yeah. Arm. Boom. Easy setup. <laughs> Easy setup, huh? <laughs> you were pretty mad about throwing BP the other day. Oh, you calling me out for that? I, yeah. I was ready. I, yeah, I, was, uh, I was, we lost you for a whole round, though. We didn't know where you were. So then, so Stu all of a sudden says that he could throw, and <laughs> so we, we slide him in there. Then he came back, so we, we tried to work you back in. But. And you were pissed, Kev. You won't admit it, but you were. I guess I was defensive for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> me and Ferg were laughing at you. You, were, you looked like a little – you're on, up on the fence just making faces. <laughs> I guess I had a lot going on. No. You do. You're, you're a jack of, of all trades. You wear so many hats. Uh, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel a little bit bad making this real BP, but it's good. And, and, and you throw it down the middle and you'll spin it if I ask. And yeah, it's good. No, please. I, I love throwing batting practice. So I, I'll try not to pout when you ask me to throw. I don't know why I was. <laughs> I was being defensive about something. But this is not yeah. a podcast about me. This is a podcast about you too. We, we need to know about Willow's favorite. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. We do. I'd say an angled BP uh, is one of my favorites. Um, I don't know. I think it just cleans a bunch of stuff up within within my swing, and the angles really forces you to to work, especially like the inside angle. Like, oh, you love that inside angle. Can love you know, those, those big homers right up. Yeah, the yeah. Over the parking go. offices. Yeah. You gotta feel good, you know. It's pretty clean, yeah. Yeah, it cleans yeah, up your bat path and actual confidence. You're feeling pretty uh, good after angle yeah, BP. You're, you're hitting them like Ey and 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 T-Row did back in 19. Those big, big high. Oh yeah. 
high drivers right up over the top. Yeah, it's always fun. But I don't know. But, I mean, every every day is different. It's interesting to showing up and seeing what Ferg has has for us. For the for the listeners, can you explain what angled BP is? Yeah, uh, you take it on a. I, I'm not that good with math, but. <laughs> Like a 45 I, degree angle. Is it 45? Right? No, I wouldn't stand it at home plate. That wouldn't be 45. Well, it's not really 45, but it feels like 45 out there. Yeah, so you have like an inside one that's coming from like the shortstop angle, and then right. you have another one coming from the second base angle. Right. Two it's different things. It's not coming right from the pitcher's mound. No. Slightly yeah. offset. Like it's pretty extreme. Yeah. If you're standing at home me- plate. How many meters out do we put the machines up? There we go. Yeah, We're talking meters? meters here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many meters out are we? I don't know if the listener- listeners would know what, how meters. We don't have we don't have an audience in uh, north of the border? Well, I guess so. For my northern border fellas, uh, yeah. probably about five. Depends on Dave. I'd say, f- I don't know, four and a half meters? Probably four and a half meters, yeah. yeah. What is that in okay. yards? Definitely four and a half meters. <laughs> oh, it's under 45 feet, somewhere around there, right? Yeah. with Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. But isn't a meter three feet? That's what math was for the night. Yeah, a meter is three feet, Kev. So you're saying four and a half meters, oh, offset from, from the middle is what you're saying. Yeah, you're probably looking at an obtuse okay. angle of about. Yeah, I'm not going to get into it. He just rolled out boots out there. That was that was sick. Hey, that sociology degree coming in hot. <laughs> or you or you just saw Shawshank Redemption recently. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh man, that was that was the Sean Isaac movie reference right there. I'm sorry about that. I, I actually oh, listened yeah. to the Sean Isaac podcast this morning, so I should have known that. You you were doing your homework, getting ready for this. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Show prep. <laughs> You got to prep up. Okay, so ang- angled BP. So that's that's cool. Uh, I think angled BP is cool. It's it was definitely something that I'd never seen before uh, before we started doing it a couple years ago. Yeah, okay. I've seen a lot of other programs doing it more now, but I'll give it to Donegal. He was the first to. I he was a, somebody. We oh. still have everything from everybody, like. Yeah, but I mean, in the in the big picture, I you were the first in my eyes. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> okay, let's go to the batting yeah, cages. Okay, yeah. Let's let's go to the batting cages in the cage work. So what what goes up on the television each day? Like, I'll, I'll go in there and there'll be a GIF of something, or there'll be a video plan on loop. GIF or a GIF? It, it, it's a GIF. It's a GIF, right? A tomato, tomato. Jeff, how does it feel? Is it a GIF? <laughs> Get up on or my lip. Gift now, is it? How's in the world? Donald's got you by what? Twelve years, and he's telling you these technical terms. <laughs> does Does he know what a NFT is? A non fungible token. Oh, Kev, how do you like that? Boom. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. Oh man. So it's a GIF, a GIF. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got we got a lot of gifts. Love so, a GIF. Yeah. What what? What determines what goes, what kind of GIF goes up on the television in the cage each day? Well, I think I let's see if Willow can understand. Like, I mean, let's see if he can he can uh, answer us because I don't I don't ever tell him what's going up there. So, mm. 
Why do you think I pick what I pick? Whatever's relevant, I, I would say, within like yeah. a lot of the things that you say within the guys. Yeah, this is why he's a savvy player. He's, he's been here a hot minute, and he understands. He, he's got it all figured out. Yeah, is there yeah. something relevant to what we might be working on today or somebody screwed up or somebody is, is trying to get better at and throw that up there. We look at the we look at the best in the world and how they do it and see if we can take a little bit. Okay, yeah. we covered that. That that's men, pretty good. Yeah. Men are visual learners, right? We know this, right? <laughs> We're visual people. Let's let's see a little pit. Jason, have you utilized the iPads that are clamped on the sides of the cages yet. Yeah. 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 We've been using that quite a bit. Those are pretty handy. Um, it's been a little tough now with the new speakers in there cause we've been banging through the iPad. So <laughs> it's been interesting. Those have kind of been used for the playlist rather than actual filming now, but. Well, and, yeah. and Newman rifle, a rifle and oppo shot into one too. So we gotta yeah. you know, maybe find a different spot for that one. Oh, really? Yeah, like first day we, first day, and a, a, a classic me, like, oh, nobody'll ever hit it. That's right. almost impossible. Right. <laughs> Newman, there you go. Newman, working oppo, out of boy. And then Donegal has the guts to throw an iPad out in front of the machine today, main diamond. With Newman. With Newman. <laughs> <laughs> me and Johnny looked at each other, we're like, it's happening again right here. <laughs> we pulled it off, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, where where'd you put the iPad? You put it out, like yeah, by the. I had, I had Stu out there. He, he just propped it up against the, the one of the legs of the machine to shoot back, shoot that that picture view. The, at, the straight on view. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Well, we don't hit ground balls. Like that's not a thing. We're trying to hit that, trying to hit that thing in the air. So. Right. Johnny's doing his job. It's balls going right over the top of it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, we we did have a visit from from the brass today discussing putting yeah. a net up beyond the right field fence to prevent balls from bouncing into the uh, substation that's out in right field. So yeah, there's a few up there. There's, there's definitely a few balls out in the substation. The parking yeah. people must just hate us too. But this, How many balls that hit the, hit the roof of their building every day? Yeah. 20 a day. Yeah. A f for a full, that's full three hour session of batting before. Yeah. Gotta be. That's a terrible place for a building. <laughs> yeah, we, should, we we just need to net the whole thing, like a like an amusement park, and they just all the balls just funnel down to one hole. Just put the put the net over the top. Yeah, like yeah, like driving range. Yeah, like a driving yeah, exactly. range. <laughs> yeah. Jason, have you been awarded a hitter of the week yet this year? No, no. I mean, there's only been I like. There's only really yeah, been like three so far. Two or three, huh? Yeah. Well, last who, one was controversial. Who? who yeah, the last won? one was very controversial. Yeah, real controversy last week. <laughs> okay, let me hear it. Who? Because I'm not. I'm not in that huddle. Yeah. Who, who's won the hitter of the week, and why was there controversy? Well, I, I gave it to Kurtley. Oh yeah, uh, I heard about this. I, gave, I gave it to Kurtley because he got perfect score on his swing decisions, and he was kind of he was kind of a little sad. He was a little down because he's you know he's can't really play fully yet. He's a little sad about his swings. I was, you know, kind of pumping him up a little bit, and uh, <laughs> and his and the boy, his boy Steele was keeping track. He's like, I don't know how many hits he, he had, but he was he was all over five, right away. Five. He knew five. the hits. He had five, <laughs> and Kurtley had one. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. was hot. He was very hot about it. Yeah. 
was he hot about it like right away in, in oh, the huddle? Yeah. Or after? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best part, too, is right before the meeting, Kurt looks at Steele and he goes, oh, you're getting it for sure. And Steele's like, I know, I know. <laughs> and then Fur goes, Kurtley, and Steele's face just went, you know, completely straight, and he was not happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to be all hat soon. Especially when you get those two going. I mean, those. Oh, God, just wind them up and let them go. Yeah, they they go back and forth all day. Nonstop. Yeah. How how was the dugout though having having Kurt coach first base? What was your what was your impression of the dugout? Well, with, uh, I'm with at, Kurt down there, Coach currently at first base. I think Saturday. I can say this, and I apologize, Chucks, if you don't like me saying this, but uh, it was like the whenever we switched in the ninth, Kurtley's goes to first base, and Chucks looks over. He goes, "Pretty sad move, huh?" We're like, "What?" It's like pretty sad move putting Kurt over there, so we don't have to listen to him, huh? And it was I was I was you know blown away by how much stuff checks had there so that was that was a little plus but uh i, I thought it was good guy out of the box you get some presents you get a good stance yeah he and he, he, he i think he stole a call too he yelled safe really loud on one of them and yeah he was good he was right on top of it him and marsh marsh looked good over there too oh marsh marsh is built for a coach coaching box yeah you guys there. you so guys are of course <laughs> you guys are of course referring to christian curley coaching first base in the second part of the Pepperdine scrimmage, correct. On yeah. Saturday, yeah. How did uh, you know? I when Kurtley was running, he was a pitch late. I think one time, and so he had to wait in the dugout and then it was run. His first pitch too. Yeah, it was the first pitch of his his regime over there. <laughs> yeah, he was late. He's like, when should I go? And I'm like, just go now. Like nobody's paying attention. There's like four people in the stands. I gotta. It's gonna be fine. But I did notice. I did notice he he had a little swagger running over. He's got a good. Oh, yeah. He's got a good yeah. coach jog. Coach jog, yeah. You know, is, that's the pace he likes to play at anyway. Is, yeah, is that, is that good coach <laughs> jog at first base? That's that's prime currently speed right there. You know, he he fits into his pants decently well. He's yeah. he's got he rocks the sunglasses. So he's, he's, he's got, got those thighs. Yeah, he's got those quads. Yeah, yeah, the coach quads. Yeah, just yeah. coaching calves, coach quads. I don't know if he's got the calves for it yet, but. But no, it, it's solid. But the 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 game down at Pepperdine that was first first fall scrimmage for the Gauchos against another team. They are of course hosting Cal Poly this Saturday at twelve o'clock at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. Gates will be open for folks to come watch. I don't come think one, come all. Come I, th- I think there's going to be a good turnout. I've heard a lot of people coming up. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, but. How was uh how was the scrimmage for you guys? It was uh we brought the machine for BP. Uh that's embarrassing, Kevin. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's really bad. No, that's yeah, like, don't even don't even bring that up. It's I mean, we start off talking about Willow's career stat line, and then we transition into talking about my failed machine experiment on the road. Like, man, just I'm gonna have sad early face in a minute. I mean you can't you, you can't anticipate there being a heavy dew layer on the field in Malibu after it was 90 degrees on Friday. Like I didn't, I didn't anticipate that. I thought it was going to be, you know, at least not hot, but clear, but no, foggy. we went into a, a soupy it was, fog. It was gross. Yeah. It was gross. Soupy fog in Malibu. And yeah. we, we used the machine for the first round and it worked. That infield then... was like, like a labradoodle that, that went for a swim. <laughs> It was so soppy, and 
those balls just came back and they were just a different color immediately. We had no chance. For for those who don't know, uh, you cannot put wet baseballs into a hack attack pitching machine. Mm. They just they go like ten feet. It just squirts them out. It's really embarrassing too. It's not even like it would be one thing if they were just firing all over the place and it was dangerous, but it's just sort of embarrassing. This it just gotta die. It's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had to we had to we had to pivot quickly, but fortunately you had me out there throwing batting practice. So yeah, there you go. You you were right there with it. And you were you were on it and, and transitions as quick as we could. Jason, how are your at bats? Well, over three. Kev, you love throwing me under the bus, huh? It's, it's a crushing podcast, Jason. Crushing podcast. <laughs> no, I had some good at bats. I've been. I, I mean. In the fall, really been focusing on like me and Ferg been talking about this a lot too. It's just good decisions, swinging at good pitches. That's been kind of a weakness of my game last couple of years, and my chase percentage is way down this fall so far, and I've been seeing yeah. it well. So, I mean, I know the swing's going to figure it out. So, I mean, I the results weren't there, but I saw the ball well, and I mean, it was good. It's good to always just play a different team. It uh, scrimmaging gets old real quick, so it's nice to see different arms and kind of you know go through that process. His decisions were really good. And that is, he's exactly right. That's exactly what we've been talking about, focusing on. Just the swing is, is it's a good swing. When he takes the right one, it's, it's locked in and he's got, he's got a lot of, a lot of hits in there and they're coming. It was more about trying to focus on just a little bit different area of his game and, and something he can control much more so than his swing or his health or his, his, you know, any of that stuff, the result stuff is, is just trying to, trying to control his own brain and, uh, he did a great job of that. He's been doing a good job of that all fall. And there's just several guys that are in that in that boat right now, which is we're not doing a ton of mechanical work or major swing change or anything like that. It's about good decisions and getting the right pitches to hit and getting rid of the bad ones. So uh, from that perspective, it was exactly what he needed to do. Okay, so I, I had – go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. Last year off of uh, Marcos, actually, in the fall. He uh, – all fall, he kept telling me, like, ah, I just got to swing at strikes, like good pitches and – I mean, he didn't have the best numbers in the fall. And I was like, eh, you know, iffy about it. And then he came out in the season and it kind of just all came together. And like, it really, you know, I was I, it, like, it, you could tell like his just discipline and everything else was, was, you know, so much better than he had been. And that being a focus for him, he said like that, like made a huge difference. So, I mean, this fall, um, it's nice. Cause I mean, it's the fall and you can do things like this. So I, it's been kind of nice to do that so far and, it, uh, I mean, it's been helping. Well, hopefully, it works. So, well, that's a good case study because Marcos had a high chase percentage early in his career, and you, like as you alluded to, you definitely did your first couple of years, and then it mm-hmm. started to get better last year, and it's starting to progress this fall. And Marcos was a completely different hitter. Like he still had the tools, he still had the the home run power. He could still go gap to gap, but he was a different presence in the box when he's he's not swinging it at bad pitches, and he was a, a huge difference in that lineup, huge difference maker. All you know when he was in the lineup all season long, uh, so and he was a he was a what fourth year last year, so he's a veteran presence in the lineup, and Jason's going to be a veteran presence in the lineup this year, and if if you can turn in a season like Marco said last year, Gouchers are going to go places. That's for sure. That's what I hope, Kev. That's what I hope. Yeah. 
So uh, the one thing I also had written down that, that you've alluded to a couple times, both of you, is uh, efficiency ratings. When, when you mentioned Kurtley getting the hitter of the week, it's because he had a, a perfect score on his decision-making. How are you guys tracking that? And, track and what And what, yeah, what's, what resources within the program are you guys using to track that stuff? Yeah, it's track, man. I mean, we have, we have technology to, to know where the pitch is, and, and we're, uh, we're going to score off of that. And right now we're, we're keeping it pretty simple, which is just the strike zone. Um, so we, we go off the edges of the strike zone or the shadows, right? We, we shrink that down slightly, um, and a swing inside of that is a, is a positive score, and, and a, a take inside of that is a negative score, and the reverse outside. So if you swing outside of the zone, it's, it, uh, it's a minus, and, and if, uh, if you take out there, you get a positive. So it's, just, it's really simple in, in terms of uh, identifying, is this a yes or is this a no? We try and keep it as simple as we can and, and say yes or no to things, and uh, that's the easiest way to identify it right now. Guys start to feel like, oh, I, as long as I know what my, my choices are, then it does get easier to control as opposed to trying to handle the whole zone or think about, well, is this guy calling it six inches off today? Or, you know, we're just, we're going to have some of that that pops up. But the more that you can train just the impulse control, the better. Jason, anything to add? Yeah. Yeah, I just agree with that. I mean, it's been, I think, difference i mean ferg's always talked about it but like this year especially like going with the plan and like you know especially even balls that are in the zone like i mean not every strike is going to be you know the hittable pitch that you want and i mean i catch myself sometimes like i think the last week it's like oh, you know first pitch slider away strike and i was sitting the slider and i just didn't pull the trigger but i mean it was paying away and ferg's yelling at me like that's all right that's a good take and it's 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 something that I think people don't realize sometimes that, you know, there is good takes for strikes. You don't just want to take a swing at something that, you know, just cause it's a strike and having a plan going on the plate like that. So I think that's something that I think Ferg's done a good job this fall with, with everyone is, you know, getting that across to guys and, and putting that point out there, which is really helping us. Sorry. I lost my train of thought here. Sorry. That means that just means I have to go, that means I have to go back and edit. I'd, I'd try and go through without having to go back and edit, but we're going to have to jump back and edit this just to cut this out. Or you could just take like a one minute brain break, you know, shake it off, step out. I'm fresh right now. Deck out, step out, you know. Kev's in red light right now. Yeah, he is. Seriously. <laughs> okay. I want, I want, I have a question for, for Willow. Yeah. I yeah. want to know how the, the bike, what, What's the what's the difference in the bike scene these days versus in 2019 when I said why? It feels like the bike selection is different. Uh, it feels like there's maybe a wee bit more creativity or a little bit uh, more variety in our bike uh, choosing. And, and your bike is a little bit different. Where are we at with the bikes these days? As as the as the the star of the famous bike riding video, which is still my favorite, uh, Gaucho. Oh yeah, pressure. the go the GoPro, the GoPro oh yeah, bike. yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Sometimes bike shop. I'll just watch that and, and just smile and the, <laughs> start my day. The bike shop that me and McLean had running last year too. <laughs> yes, the bike shop, Louis and Vinny's bike shop. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's kind of been all over. Um, I mean, bike theft is is a lot bigger than you think here, so that's always tough. And it's funny, like there's a quote that Checks told me on my visit, which was now like probably seven years ago, which I still remember. Yeah. And he said, you want a, you want a cheap bike with an expensive lock. 
And that always <laughs> stuck with me because I, I, I remember coming down here, I bought a super nice fixie, you know, yeah. $300. And I, it actually lasted a pretty good time. but ended up getting That's the one you had when I was here before. The black and gold one? Yeah. Yeah. After that was gone, I've been through so many bikes, but, uh, but I found my, I actually got a good deal on this one. I got right now a nice blue cruiser, which is kind of beat up, but it rides well. So that's, uh, that's good. But I mean, it's all over. I mean, there's the amount of guys that I've seen come in and buy, you know, $300 bikes and have it still stolen within a week or two. You just laugh at it. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't that's know. Why I, I bought mean, a $10 bike and don't lock it. I'm like, Hey, if you want this that bad, like there you uh, go. Speed. Yeah. But the whole the whole biking on campus, like you you take pretty much a year year and a half off of you know people biking on campus, and it's like it's mayhem out there. Has had, it been? Has it been? I'll shout out chaos one of our freshmen. On yeah, 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 yeah. We, we had, have a bike safety course. It seems like for, for Tremble, we do. We we had our first big crash. One of our freshmen a couple of days ago came in with his face all <laughs> scraped up and it's road rash, part all road rash. Oh, and you see it all the time, but it's. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, I don't think people who don't like, haven't been here, like it's hard to imagine like the bike pass here between like, if you go to like between like 10, 15, 11, that slot it is just mayhem and people just, you know, have no feel on the bike pass either. But Jason, do you remember when there was no light on Embarcadero and Pardal? Were you uh, here when there was no light there? Cause they, they have a, a stoplight there now. I don't know. Right? I don't even remember. The corner, the corner of Freebirds. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I've it's been a light the whole time I've been here. I think. Wow. Really? I don't. It, I mean, it, maybe it not. I, been, I don't know. Because it used to be a stop sign for the folks. Oh coming, no! It, it was a stop sign. It, yeah. We we had like three freshmen get get banged by a cop freshman year for running the stop sign. Actually, that's <laughs> that's how I remember it. But like at the time of day when you're you're talking about where it's like half a campus is coming out because they're done with morning classes and then half of IVs coming in for the midday afternoon classes. And when there was no stoplight there, just Pardal would just be a wall of bikes for, you know, a half hour. So if you're driving going para or uh, going perpendicular to the bike traffic, it's just impossible to get through. Well, driving an aisle is impossible. brutal. Like you, you, you just feel like the smallest person there's bikes weaving everywhere. They don't care. You know, it's, and especially during like class time, it's yeah. Part all is not good. Or, or at night where you've got, you're looking for a parking spot and you're focused on trying to find a parking spot. And then there's someone on a bike going the wrong direction down the street and they just come out of nowhere. There's, there's that, or you're trying to turn left and someone's like parked right on the corner maybe halfway in the red so you can't see around and then yeah. someone pops out like yeah it, it's tough well and yeah, you you want to enjoy a good a good show is just sit at dublin's one evening and just watch that <laughs> yes. happen. Just yes. watch yeah. that happen all over the place and it's the best it is just you know just sip and and, and stare because it is oh, yeah. it is total madness down there donegal's donegal's dublin plug i was waiting for this <laughs> Yes. There you go. I, I, I'd like to get a spot. Now that we have NIL, like I, I Dublin's, I'm available. There you okay. go. We have to have to yeah, make yeah, that happen. Open, have to make that happen. <laughs> I wish I could, but I guess Canadians can't because I'm on a work visa. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been a topic of some visa. jokes, uh, Jason. Is between you and me is the because you're foreign, you can't sign an NIL. 
that's that's tough. Yeah, it is tough, but I mean, I don't know. I can I can steal liquid IV off other people. I don't need them that much. <laughs> well, who 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 on the team who on the team has has gotten some some deals? There's been uh, there's been a couple guys. Liquid IV, like if you got a heartbeat, you you they they'll they'll send you stuff. Like, um, there's a couple of supplement companies. Maybe guys have gotten. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Well, didn't Rodriguez pop pay with pop pay? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Pop no, pay. no free advertising here on the gosh nine podcast, but I'm, I'm happy that NIL is a real thing. Cause it, it just, it makes sense. Like yeah, long overdue. it's a, uh, across the nation, the bigger programs, like it just makes so much sense, especially in football and basketball, but it's been, it's been fun seeing, seeing the guys post on social media, like the stuff that they've been, that they've been getting from from people that and and these companies that that are trying to reach out like the liquid IV stuff like I think it's great I think it's a good way it's just I think it just goes both ways it's a good way to promote on yeah. both sides on the topic of social media I'd like to quickly plug in here my new Instagram handle after my oh. old account has gotten yes Jason Willow seven Jason Willow seven yeah so J J Willow J Willow seven is no longer no. yeah. What happened? You have some what? questionable content on there. You get locked out. You get reported. No, I, I, I woke up. I woke up and I had a text message saying, "This is your Instagram code." And I try and I went on my Instagram app and I was logged out. And then I tried to log back in. Passwords changed. All my information's changed. So it's not good. No, and yeah, I mean, the password I had on that thing was a little questionable, but <laughs> and I'm not going to say it. I've said to some people and they just laugh at me. But at the same time, like. I mean, at least it's not the password I use for all my, you know, other stuff. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought. I, you know, but then I was like, that's a bad password. Are you gonna Are you gonna treat this re- this Instagram rebirth as as some sort of uh, launching point for some better content? Are we Are we stepping up our game? Or are we gonna? No, go I think I am. Some life and IV, a little more, a little deep dive, maybe some behind the scenes. Maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe some some free plug for for Dell's garage or yeah yeah McLean's mechanic yeah McLean's yeah. been battling his cars the last three days no uh <laughs> yeah, I might it it really like it hit me hard like losing that Instagram and it sounds like cliche but like I mean I've been I don't know probably ten years I've had that thing yeah and like the amount of you know followers and and the worst part is it's private so I can't go and just follow everyone I follow. So I've been, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a a fresh start. Oh, it's yeah. And it's terrible. Like it, I I was depressed all last week (laughs) (laughs) and people laugh at me, but until it happens to you, I mean, it's it's no joke. Well, we, yeah. So the, to the listeners, let's go pump it up. Jason, Jason, Jason Willow seven, Jason Willow seven. Y'all step up the content. Maybe let's get our boy hole again. Yeah. I, I, I sent you some photos to, to get you started. Jason. Yep. So, yep. Uh, I, I'm just at the awkward point. Like I don't like know when to start like really putting stuff out, you know, just start. Just, Aren't just you supposed, supposed to say, is it like start. a white, white screen with just two words in the middle? I'm back. No, it's, it's Jason Willow, new account dash old one got hacked. <laughs> no, I'm saying for your, your first post. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'll post something tonight just for you, Kev. <laughs> Thanks. I'll, I'll throw you a like. Maybe I'll log on to the baseball account and throw you a wow. like there too. Yeah, how about you promote this podcast? 
Mm. How about how about that? I could, I could. Mm. Well, I'm, yeah, the story. I've been ripping the stories already, but the first uh, post, and also I don't know where to start. It doesn't is, matter. Is where it all start. about? Is it about the stories, or is it about your about your main post? Like, what's both? Both like from a, from a twenty something perspective. What where would where would uh, some newbie Instagram folks be, be wise to spend their time? Where, where's the best place to put that content? I'd say both like you got to have a respectable like actual post but the stories you know keep you going and i guess engage the content i mean i wasn't too big on it before but i don't know this might be a new fresh start for me a little balance yeah a little balance i mean gotta work my way back up so who's the best who's the best ig follower on the team Ooh, like content wise yeah I don't know if anyone really like posts. No one has like a volume. No one does no. any volume posts. But there's, there's Honestly, guys who and have... I'm not just saying this because he's on the podcast, but Kevin Cannon actually has a pretty good Instagram. Kevin does. Well, it's, it's that creative lens that he views the world through. Yeah, exactly. There's good photos. The, the lighting's always showtime. It's good. Yeah, I'm I, trying. I appreciate that. Some... Actually. Jordy has some good stuff. I was looking through his. He, uh, he even has some reels now, which is pretty good. So sprinkle, uh, sprinkle. Yeah, he. Yeah, I saw that the other day. So I'm, I'm saying he's sprinkle. Dancing? No, no, no. It's just like uh, he's doing like him making you know day in the life stuff like that. You know, oh. giving a little. Oh, it's meal prep. Meal prep stuff like that. So I mean, I'm not yeah. going to be doing that, but why not? It's a little bit too much for me, but. You, you, should just, you should just do some some reels of following Dell around in the mornings while he's while he's hot on a car search for a carburetor, <laughs> or, yeah. or or an alternator. He he came to me on Friday. He's like, Kev, you, you got some socket wrenches? I'm trying to change the alternator on my Jeep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah he, that guy's another animal. I come home and there's an alternator sitting in the middle of our coffee table, <laughs> just a big hunk of metal, and he's like, I'm doing it tomorrow. He. He was walking out the other day with our PVC that we use for swing prep, and it, yeah. he's like, and I'm like, all right, yeah, gonna get some work in later today on on the on the swing. He's like, no, I need it to pop my hood open because I'm changing the <laughs> And you know what's funny is I go, I show up, and instead of that, he has a, he has one of the old Easton bats propping the hood up. <laughs> but he, I'll quickly say it. The other day, he uh, he has two cars, and they're both really not in good health right now. And he's really working hard, and he and he did get the Jeep is running, but he he the Jeep is hot. The Jeep is what he wanted going, but the his Buick wasn't going, and so he needed the the Jeep was dead, and the Buick was I don't know started making all these noises I guess the there other day, day, and he goes and he goes to jump the Jeep, and this is like I don't know what street it is, but it's a busy street in I IV, and he's in the middle of the street and he goes to jump it, and it drains both batteries, kills both cars kills both cars so he's sitting there he's yeah classic everyone's at practice no one he knows no one he ended up calling cole cummings who's in the middle of a movie at one o'clock on a friday which is a joke in itself oh my god but he uh yeah and then yesterday put in the alternator by himself so big things happen Vinny's bike shop and car shop oh mclean mclean o'connor bike shop and car shop yeah that's outstanding. That? Outstanding. Like just, just in terms of 
the dynamic of our guys that come back, our, our, our recent former players. That's one of my favorite things about this place is that I get to see Dell and I get to see Cole and I get to see JJ and Yanger when he comes back from another prison sentence in Arizona and, <laughs> and Tommy. And all, I just, it's one of my favorite things about this place is that guys tend to come back and couch surf and, I don't know who all's living at your place, but I'm, there's. I'm I got a, I got a lineup for my coach right now. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I just love that, I, and 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 I think that's such a cool part of our culture here um, within the program, and and it's just it's a really neat thing for for me to be a part of. I know. Well, I just I love. I mean, as as part of the staff, you know, we've got a busy schedule myself, and I know the coaches have a busy schedule recruiting and planning for practice and executing the plan and having practice. And in the case of Ferg and coach check, it's you got three little rascals running around at home as well, but almost every morning in the fall, I see Tommy Jew, JJ, at least uh, the past few weeks, those guys, and then the guys that you mentioned in the cage and Ferg's in there with his coffee mug working them through the swings and, and helping them out and, and giving your time to those guys who have, who've moved on, but are still part of what we got going on right here. They're part of the culture. They're part of the program, even though they have moved on to the next thing. I just, I love that when I show up to the yard, like those guys beat me there and Ferg beat me there to go get some work in the cage on a Tuesday morning. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know with culture of other programs, but it's just like one of those things now that, I mean, not many guys who go and play professional baseball don't come back here to train. Yeah. And, well, and, cool and Bieber, and, like Bieber and Nelly and, and guys who have, who've made it a little farther, you know, they, and Bieber's has said it multiple times on this podcast, like, oh, in the off season, I come to Santa Barbara. I come to Santa Barbara. Like, I don't know why I would go anywhere else. Well, I I've think got, he's I've in got there. the beach. I've he's got easy, easy well, and, <laughs> I know now he's got he's got a house and you know, and that whole thing. But but um, he will, the market's expensive in Santa Barbara. That's fair. He will make an appearance. Yeah, he will make an sure. appearance. Like the, the, everyone will roll through at some point, right? I mean, fish and 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 uh, he'll make the drive from Palm Springs. He's already talking about he's coming up at some point. And Monty and and Amar are going to come down, and you know we'll see everybody at some point. I would. I would imagine, which is, it's just, uh, it's a really cool thing. I, I, I love the, the connective tissue that, that runs deep here. Yeah. Yeah. The guy, I mean, last, Ferg was a part of it and I was a bit into it too, but like last year when everything was shut down and the pro guys, like the time they had off, like they had, they went like almost a year and a half of working out every day with um, Peter Park down in, in Summerlin and then going to mm -hmm. hit. And, I, and for the time that we were off, like I was luck, lucky enough that, you know, I went out with them and did the same. But I mean, it's it's just like, it's such a good environment and to have those guys pushing you every day. And, you know, it, if, you know, if you don't want to go in the morning, you feel, you don't feel bad, you, you know, feel, you feel bad because you're like letting them down. And they had like this cool group going where, you know, they'd go work out every morning and then hit and then, you know, have fun when they want to have fun. And, yeah. and it's cool. You get to hang out with your friends, you get to, you know, work out and, and hit and do what you love and, and that was that was pretty cool, man. Man, during the the summer of the pandemic, I was I was part of that. I was just yeah, you, the you uh, were, 
I was the golf part at, in the You were the golf part, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, those, I mean, as unfortunate as 2020 was, those were some fun times. Those were definitely some fun times. And it's it's changed. You know, we, we've gone back to normal. We're progressing towards normal, and it feels great. And this fall has actually felt like a, a traditional fall. And... Oh, it's just—it's so great to have have those guys within our midst, in the morning or in the afternoon, or or you see them around town, or or you see them in IV or or at Freebirds or whatever. Like, it's just—it's really great. It's it's really great. Uh, let's see. I've got player versus coach dynamic written down here, but I think we've kind of covered that within the conversation I had, like, are there times when a player teaches the coach in there? I, I feel like, yeah. what, have ta- what have you taught me? Oh, I've taught you a lot of things. <laughs> humility. Yeah. Humility. Uh, Celsius compared to Fahrenheit. Mm. That's true, yeah. Meters. <laughs> Number of feet in a meter. Number of feet. Yep. Yeah. There's plenty of things. Number yeah, of kilometers in a mile. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I, I would say two things that both Ferg and Erdi are good at is, is taking constructive criticism. And and for me, being an older guy who kind of has, you know, an outlook on the team, like it's cool that I can I can come up to Ferg or I can come up to Erdi or even checks because the relationship that we have and, you know, I can say something, you know, that might not, you know, other people may say and and they all take it, you know, to get better. Cause I think there's a lot of programs that, you know, you can't really say that cause it's pretty one, one dimensional and, you know, that way. So I think that's a, that's a cool, cool thing that goes on within, within UCSB. Jason, how, how's your relationship with checks grown since you got here? Where is it right now? I know he doesn't necessarily coach you. He's, he's, pitching coach primarily he is the head coach so he coaches everybody but how has he been uh, a mentor to you uh he's been a huge mentor and i mean with checks the more and more you're around him the more i mean don can agree with and you too kevin like the more you're around him the more it's just like like wow you know this guy is like in my mind like checks is one of you know the smartest and most prepared guys that I know and and yeah he has his quirks and stuff but like he to me I mean just the preparation and and he always has a meaning behind everything and does things for a reason and I mean it's pretty cool to to be under him for as long as I have now and I think it's installed a bunch of things within me that you know other stuff can't so yeah that's a great answer and i I agree with you and I have some similarities with you. Like I think Chex and I shared some personality traits going into it. And we, like I, I arrived in, in the same year that he did and, and we're both kind of detail oriented, like like to prepare kind of have mild OCD, maybe major OCD depending on who's asking. And you know, we, we kind of have meshed in that way and I've definitely learned a lot about myself through him and, and having him guide me through, through the whole process of, of getting to where I'm at. And he's been a, a mentor, a, you know, 
it's, it's funny. I, me and him have worked together for a third of my life, which is a little strange to think about. Uh, Ferg, has there been a, a baseball person in your life that kind of has that kind of impact? Where it's where you've worked together for so long. I mean, we may have discussed it on on your podcast, but something something that's similar because you've only worked with checks for a couple of years. But I mean, you spent a lot of time together because you're neighbors. Yeah. So there's yeah. a little, another <laughs> well, dynamic in there. But I I haven't spent a third of my life with anybody, Kev, because nobody wants me around long <laughs> enough to to get to a third of that. Um, yeah. I mean, there's I I think it, you do it as long as I have. There's going to be people that certainly. Are, are mentors or, or you, you probably take most of your, um, coaching personality from, I, you know, I'm, my uncle would be the, be the obvious one. I started coaching under him and couldn't be more different than checks in terms of outward personality, but the same sort of details really matter. And, and really, um, the level of preparation for situations and, and eventualities and, um, what, what's the backup plan? What's the backup to the backup plan? And the system of the whole thing is, is I, I really see some similarities there. And, um, you know, I, I think that our dynamic is, is really fun for me and certainly the most, um, enjoyable one I've had working for somebody because we work, we balance each other. We talked about this on the last podcast, but our personalities are very different in terms of the way we carry ourselves, but the, we care about the same things. You know, we care about our guys and we care about getting better. We care about winning and we care about doing it the right way. And, and we also just care about learning new stuff. And, you know, to, to Jason's point about he can come up and tell us something like, Hey, I don't think this is, shouldn't we do it this way? Or, or you might, Hey, you might want to know that somebody doesn't like this or somebody's struggling with this or, or, Hey, I think maybe we should think about, you know, restructuring this or talking more about this or flipping it even, you know, I, we're good with that because we're just trying to get better and we want our players to have the same, same thing. So I, I take that from checks every day is that the structure of what we're trying to do to get better at it is always uh, a work in progress. We're never, we're never done with them. I mean, we, we talk about practice structure and, and even just the way we type up the practice plan almost every day, we, we go over some difference in that. And, um, and I, I think that, you know, we've, we've got players that, that see that as well. And I, it, 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 as you know, having spent so much time with him, the more you do it, the more you realize, okay, I can have a voice in this thing. I can, I can give some input and it'll be received. I think that's what human beings want more than anything is if I'm a part of something, if I say something is my voice actually heard. And, um, it doesn't mean every time you throw a suggestion out there that we're going to do it, but we're actually going to listen to it. We're actually going to think about it. We're actually going to consider it. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's a great thing for me because that's, that's what I hope that, um, I'm like as a coach and, and check certainly is. And, and we do that for each other, but, uh, our players as well. And I, I love the fact that our guys can, can suggest something. And, and I, I rely on that because I'm always trying to make sure that our environment is on the hitting side is conducive to learning and growing. And, if Jason doesn't tell me that, Hey, that drill sucks and it's not helping any of us or it's not helping me. And here's why, or we need more of this, or we love it. When, like that stuff's invaluable to me because 
it's not that I want to make them happy. It's I want to make them good. And so if I don't have feedback on it, then I don't know if it's working and I don't know if we're getting through to them. And, um, and so I, I love that dynamic that we've got going right now. Jason, who has the better practice plan to look at? Yeah. The offense or, or just the, the general practice plan for the day? Because the offense practice plan, I mean, it's got, it's it's got logos, detailed, yeah. it's got logos it's got on it. On it's it. got, like, yeah, it's uh, all of us and mashers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'd go with offense. <laughs> but no, it, it, I don't know. It changes. <laughs> Depends what's on it. That's a, that's the real thing. Yeah. Ah, yes, that is true. Okay, so we've got well, it's 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 a it's a game week, I guess you could say. It's you got we have got a week to prepare for for Cal Poly. Are we approaching the week like we would a regular season game, or are you sticking to the plan for how we are are preparing for the season based on what we're doing in the fall? Like, are we looking at scouting reports and practicing that sort of stuff leading up into Saturday? Like, are we approaching it during the week, like leading up to a Friday game or a series? Like, how's that going for for this week leading up to Cal Poly on Saturday? Well, it's a little bit disjointed week because we've got tomorrow off. Uh, yeah. Right. Election yeah. day. <laughs> we got to a curveball big time right off the start of the week. Democracy matters. Um, so we've got we got a, a little wrinkle in there. But, yeah, Wednesday we'll, we'll go over some scouting report stuff, and, and, uh, and that'll be uh, the template for our offensive – prep for the day and then we'll scrimmage ourselves on on thursday which will uh you know uh, it's obviously scrimmage is, is the best game prep you can have and friday we'll uh we'll do sort of a dry run of, of what saturday's supposed to look like and more scouting report stuff we've we've been starting to put a little bit of more of that advanced planning and, and approach stuff uh and we did a little bit of that last week and we're getting the, the analytics crew dialed in and getting our process dialed in. So we'll, we'll do more of that this week, but, but it's also more of the same, which is we're, we're on a schedule to, to install our, our swing stuff and our team offense and team defense. And that doesn't change. We did a bunch of team defense today that probably a lot of it we won't use on Saturday. In fact, probably won't use any of today on Saturday because um, if Cal Poly does what they usually do, it'll be, they won't even give signs. So, um, you know, you're trying to balance long-term and short-term development always and, um, for us, uh, it'll be a little bit of both this week. What about you, Jason, as a player? What's your preparation? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty similar. It's tough. And, I mean, like, we – I think we struggled with this last week is is treating a, a fall scrimmage too much like a fall scrimmage. And I think we kind of fell into that trap last week. But, I mean, it, it's – it's it's meant to kind of put you in that, you know, give you a little taste of everything. And, and I mean – everyone's done a great job like last week it, you know the preparation going up to it was you know pretty similar to season which was nice we had i mean the reports that we've been getting on on pitchers i mean especially this year like hats off to all the analytical people that you know put their time and effort into that because i mean we're getting we're getting reports down to you know what the pitcher ate for breakfast like we're getting everything now and and it's nice to have so i mean you want to treat it as much as you as you know as much as a real game as possible and uh, and go through that but at the same time as baseball i mean we should always be ready to play and i think that's just like the mentality that we should have okay a couple things before we sign off 
And I, I was, I think when I had a brain cramp earlier, I was going to ask this question. It was, uh, who's been the, the most impressive pitcher for you, Jason, like for the, Ooh. for the gauchos, who's been a, who's been a tough matchup for you. Who's been a tough bout a tough over AB. my, over my tenure. Here yeah. Uh, this year, let's say, let's say Ooh. this year. And then this year's, and then and then yeah, this, ten, this year's tough. I haven't faced, I haven't faced a whole lot of guys. Um, who's, who's opened your eye then? Who's who, you couple pitches go and you're like, okay. I had, I had a splain had a really good, he pitched me well the other day, he struck me out with a lefty and I, my splits like, you know, yeah. night and day, like my lefty Crazy. splits insane. So when I see a lefty, I get excited and he made me look stupid. So, I mean that he looked really good. It's tough. I mean, I've faced a lot of the same guys, which have been tough. I'll tell you this in the long run. Connor Roberts. I mean, and a lot of guys will tell you that. That's that's mm. an uncomfortable at bat. <laughs> I fondly remember a couple of years back. Uh, I was on. I was leading off the inning, and McLean's the stand in between innings, and McLean got drilled in the back by one of Roberts's fastballs, and I thought McLean was paralyzed. He just dropped to his knees and he couldn't even move, and he somehow made his way back to the dugout. And I'm walking to the dish like, oh my God, here we go. And and you know, Roberts will rip off that slider that starts at your back and ends on the other side of the plate. So that, for me, he was always it was a tough at bat, uncomfortable. You know, just didn't really want to be in there. So not not a Brecht or, or a Dashwood or Lincoln or or Chris yeah, Troy. I mean, Troy, yeah, Troy. Early Troy was really scary too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> strap in. Strap in for sure. I mean, it's it's tough, and it it, it runs back to a lot of pro guys say this to me. Like rookie ball is tough because you got you know guys who are no throwing a hundred plus, where no idea where they're going. But no I mean, idea. when when you're facing a Brecht or a Dashwood, like you're kind of comfortable because you know that pitch is you know going to be somewhere close. You know if like he's not going to miss big time anywhere. So it's it's almost in a sense easier. And I've heard a lot of guys say that with pro ball. Like as you move up, like you know it's almost easier because they're throwing more strikes they, they they're trying to throw places so you can think like yeah. you know logically within like oh yeah what are they trying to do instead instead of you know you got 18 year old dominican guy who doesn't know where it's going at all and you're just guessing yeah so yeah so i mean that for me that's the, the uncomfortable guys are kind of the ones i don't like as much connor roberts makes sense the change up and and the old reliable the slider is what he called it. Yeah, the it. slider to righties is throwing, tough. Throwing it at your back, yeah. going to the right outside right corner. Time. What yeah. what about like uh, what about McGreevy or, or Rod Boone? <sighs> McGreevy, I've had I had some success off him. Um, I think if you just his tempo because his tempo is like one of his things. McGreevy, right? He he just you know doesn't stop. He's always pitching. Like when you're in the box, he's going. So being ready for that. I mean, he's got good stuff. He he was just always tough to face. Rod was frustrating. I mean, you'd go up with Rod and you'd be sitting change up and you'd still be you know swinging over his change up. So that that was tough. But I mean, it's it's fun facing those guys and and I think facing better guys in the fall for sure helps your team in the long run. I mean, the the years that we've really been good hitting, we've had a really good staff too. And I mean, it makes sense that we face those guys every day and see you know good velocity, good you know off speed and guys who can really chuck it well we've mentioned Corey lewis a couple times uh, on this podcast he was uh, a standout freshman 
redshirt freshman last year and was one of the leaders on the staff, pitched in the big game against Oklahoma State. He was uh, the rock at the back end of the weekend. Anticipating him being pitched on Friday this upcoming year. You know, don't want to set anything in stone, but but he is look good. He looked great against Pepperdine. He had five punch outs in two innings. What's it like facing Corey Lewis? Have you faced him a whole yeah, lot? Corey's tough. I mean, he's. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Exactly. His, his like his delivery. His delivery is super clean. It you is know? super clean, and he. I mean, if you just watch him pitch, it doesn't look like much. But I mean, when Corey's good, he's got what five pitches with the knuckleball for a strike, and it's like. When you're going to face a guy like that, like it's it's tough, because I mean, it, it when when it's a two pitch guy, and we've been talking about this bunch in the offense. I mean, it's pretty easy. You're just looking like you know little cues, things like that. But when Corey's got the fastball, changeup, slider, curveball, and knuckleball all going at once, it's like, you know, what are you looking for? So, it's it's tough, and he's, I mean, that's what's given him his success. Okay, let's uh, we've been going. Uh... About an hour, ten minutes, something like that. So let's let's wrap. We could go for for a while. Like I'm digging this. I know Ferg's digging this. He's strapped in. Uh, Got a midterm tomorrow, so <laughs> <laughs> we we do have school to worry about. Yet there's no practice tomorrow, but school still happens. Yeah, that's so. a head scratcher for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but go vote. We get we gotta let we gotta let Jason go. But I want to leave you guys with. Uh, what are uh, what are the goals for the end of the fall uh, for both of you? What, like, Donegal, what do you want to see, Jason? Like, what are you trying to accomplish leading up to the end of the fall or, or at least going into the start of the season? Well, I just want to see some po- more full-side homers. I don't know what we sort of forgot about those. <laughs> That's always good to see. We've got to hit the parking uh, office a little bit more. Yeah, I, I you know, I think it's the same stuff, which is it's for him to continue to – um, to grow in the decision-making stuff. His, his swing is so good. He's such a good athlete, um, and he's so explosive that it's 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 just about putting him in a position consistently to take advantage of all those tools. Um, and that's always been the book on him: is wow, what a toolsy player! Can he do it for a whole season? You know, can he can he stay healthy and can he put up those numbers that you you know are in there? And um, you know, I, I want I, I think we should go back to something that you started the podcast with, which is. He's got what eight career homers? Is that correct? Eight and um, a half. It, it really should be nine if we're. Yeah, here honest. we go. I knew this um, would come out. <laughs> I, I, you know, so we're gonna practice running the bases appropriately. Um, how the order works, like we have. Yeah, to not passing the runner in front of you. Ends have to go first <laughs> when we're when we're hitting the homers. So uh, once we get that figured out, I think the rest takes care of itself. Yeah. Did that happen in nineteen? Yeah, that was nineteen. Pepperdine. I yeah. remember I was coming off injury. It was my first pinch hit, hit back. homer. Pinch hit, well, pinch hit single double RBI. I'm, I'm counting it. Yeah. But yeah. Pinch yeah, that hit was off tough. the bench. I knew I called it in the dugout. I'm like, he's going to, he might homer here. Yeah. And yeah, I was, you know, I don't know that I could take it to the betting window and get my money, but uh, it happened. I remember it. That was, who, that's a push. Who did you that's pass on the bases? Mason Marquez. Marquez. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Marquez got caught watching. <laughs> I think he was tagging up or something, probably. He was tagging because yeah. it was a super high. It was a wall Super scraper. high, yeah. It all that's, happened so quick. That's amazing. I, I remember that now. That you guys brought yeah. that up. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh, it gets brought up more than you'd think. <laughs> eight and a half. So an addendum to the beginning of the pod. So Jason has eight yeah, and yeah. a half home runs. Make sure we're good there. In his yeah. career. Yeah. We probably want to get to double digits. Probably want to get yeah. to double digits first. We're, we'll we're see. Gonna. We're, we're going to. Double digits. That's what, we do here. That's what we do here, Kev. We know, you know we're jerks. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Come on now. And we'll... Uh, I got to check the uh, games played record before we leave. Have to check the record book. 161. That's, I mean, that's, I got to be, but they also, I think they used to like play a lot of games back in the day. Yeah, there was was an era where they would play 60 games, 70 games almost. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Wow. But I mean, I got, I probably got like four years and then plus the, I don't know what, what, was it Plus the COVID year? 15 and, and... So you played you played 40, 40 plus in each of your first two years. And then you played all of the COVID games. How many was that? It was uh, 15. And then I had 60 last oh, year. Okay, so games played in a season at 69 and in a career... Never that. In a career, 234. Whoa! Oh, not even close. Look at that. 234. We gotta go to, Eric, Omaha. We gotta go to Omaha to get there. Eric Johnson between 1984 and 1987. Holy yeah, cow! 234. Racking them up. How how does how does Eric Johnson rack that up? That's that's well, that's that's, that's four Was that years. Like paleo? Was that like the you know? <laughs> <laughs> what's what their season? <laughs> I don't know. But if if we had, if you had played so many games. If we had played a full year in, in 2020, well, then the circumstances might be different. I wouldn't yeah. have been here though, because I yeah, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have yeah. been eligible. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. So, so 230. We, I can get I can get over 200. That, that's a goal. You need to get yeah. yeah over 200. That'd be a solid goal. And then, uh, oh. so that's what so 40. You have to play 73 games to tie it, right? Is my math. Yeah, right I don't there? think that's. Seventy-three. So you play fifty-six. Not, not doable. Can't even not get doable. there. You'd have to go yeah. through the losers bracket in a regional, and then yeah, like, get in the third third game in the time, super, like. and go through the losers bracket in the College World Series to touch it. I think if you play fifty-six oh, games, I'll let the boys know. <laughs> <laughs> we got a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got no. a plan. We got to stick to it. We got a record to get to. <laughs> I know. I do hold the record for the most hit by pitch strikeouts for UCSB. Oh yeah. What? That's a good one. I got th- I got three of those hit by pitch strikeouts. Are you serious? Yeah, that new rule. It's a record that'll never be broken. Where you where you swing never. at a at a hit and yeah. you get hit by the pitch. Isn't no, no, no. It, it hits no, me, but they call the, they call you back. They call oh, the strike oh, three. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've had three of those now. Three. Yeah. 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 Hot garbage. Did was one of those when uh, you got your face blown up? No, that was a hit by pitch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a, a firm hit by pitch. <laughs> and you, you missed what? How many how many games did you miss? Uh, what two weeks? Like you didn't miss a whole two lot weeks, of time. Yeah. No, it wasn't too bad. I, I mean, it was just the lacerations under like all my lips that I had to get healed up and get my well. I, and then I didn't. I played the rest of the season without a tooth. So. Yeah. Gamer. Looked like a fourth line grinder. Hockey player. <laughs> Hockey guy. Big hockey guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big hockey guy. All right. Uh, 
he is Jason Will, and he is Donegal Fergus. Guys, that was fun. That was fun, Thanks, Kev. Jeff. That was fun. Uh, we'll have to do it. Uh, we'll have. To, I mean, I say this at the end of every podcast. Like, we'll have to do it again. Oh, we're definitely yeah. doing this one again. Because this was the next one might be a double until after the season. So. Yes. Yeah, Dublin's after season. Yeah. Yes. There we go. That sounds good. Live, live podcast. Live, live, live yeah. Live, <laughs> live and in person at Dublin's yeah. after uh, got just won a Big West Championship. That sounds Absolutely. great. Couple lock, beers lock with Pompey, beauty. <laughs> lock it in. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Kev. Thanks, Kev. All right, thank you to all of our sponsors for this big pod. Kyle's Kitchen, Smart Office Interiors, the guy with a truck, junk removal, and UCSB Baseball Analytics. And thank you to Jason and Donegal for that, that great interview. It was fun hashing it out with those two, and we can't wait to do it again. Maybe mix in a couple other players, some special guests, have some fun with it, um, getting into the season uh, moving forward in a couple months. So, yeah, we're, 2022 is almost upon us. Okay, final reminder, game against Cal Poly this Saturday. A lot of events going on across uh, UCSB athletics, water polo, soccer, volleyball, uh, all in action on campus. So you could go to a few different matches, a few different games uh, if you come on campus. And baseball will be happening. Gates will be open. We are playing 16 innings starting at noon, so there's lots of baseball to be seen. If you're getting on campus a little later in the day, we will probably be out there playing. Uh, so we a good chance to go see the Gauchos in action here this fall against their rivals from up north. Again, that's 12 o'clock start, and we're probably going to be playing until about 5 or 6 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. All right, that'll do it for this week's pod. Thank you for all the support. Again, Stoked on 10,000 downloads. Can't wait to get to 20. So uh, have a great week. Hope you enjoyed your Halloween. And uh, go Gauchos. <laughs> <laughs>